what is the biodiversity crisis? So it's really the combined effects of habitat destruction, for example, clearing the rainforest for, to raise cattle and mining and building houses. It's the overutilization of living organisms, for example, unsustainable industrial fishing. It's chemical pollution causing many issues, including the collapse of insect populations. It's invasive alien species and climate change. All these things have put an estimated 1 million species at risk from extinction. Hello, welcome to Nature Magic. Today I'm speaking to Kashal Jayakumar and Anis Ali from Christ Junior College, Bangalore. The Ecology Society in the college has started a podcast and I was honoured to be asked to be the first guest. They explained to me that the podcast Geeks in Suits aims to unravel the journeys of experts in various fields with an inquiry on physis nomos, the law of nature, I was delighted to speak on the topic of the biodiversity crisis, and I'm going to share their episode here. Please check them out for further episodes and support their new podcast, Geeks in Suits. I'm happy to help anyone who wants to start a podcast, especially if the topic is around nature and biodiversity. Nature Magic normally doesn't dwell on the negative side of this topic, but in today's episode, some harsh facts are discussed. It's wonderful to connect to all the eco-warriors around the world trying to make a difference through the medium of podcasts. Hey guys, welcome to the first ever episode of Geeks and Suits. We are your hosts, Anis and Kushal. So Kushal, how do you feel about this? I'm really excited since it is our first podcast and also I think the audience are also excited. Uh, so today's focus is going to be about a future where people and nature thrive. The actions we take this decade will define the planet's path over the next century. We are taking on the dual threats of accelerated climate change and unprecedented biodiversity loss and maximizing resilience and benefits for our most precious ecosystem and vulnerable communities. By letting science guide our focus and equity guide our execution, we can shape a better 2030 for people and our planet. So what else would be a better way to hear from an expert? Today on our podcast, we have Ms. Mary Birmingham, the co-founder of Buren Nature Sanctuary, an educational facility in the west of Ireland. She is the author of the book, Nature Magic, How You Can Engage Everyone with Biodiversity, a bestseller on Kindle, and the host of the award-winning podcast, Nature Magic, a positive voice for the nature, the best nature podcast in Ireland 2021. We welcome you, ma'am, on our podcast. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be on your podcast and I'm wishing you all the best in the future. So I'm talking to you from Kinvara in the west of Ireland 
and it's great to be able to connect on Zoom. And thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure, ma'am. Uh, so our first question is going to be about what inspired you to start a podcast and how has your journey been thus so far? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, we do a lot of things at the Borough Nature Sanctuary and right the way down on the bottom of our bucket list was to start a podcast. And of course, we're a visitor center. We run tours and educational tours and things. Um, but when COVID happened and the first lockdown shut us all in at home, there really was no excuse not to start the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So it was very intimidating. I didn't know about technology. I'm obviously not a professional with interview techniques or anything like that. But what I wanted to do was try and do any bit that I could to help the biodiversity crisis. So the, my podcast is really a positive voice for nature. So it's trying to get the conversation out there, not in the little groups that already care, but a fun topics that other people might engage with. I get that totally, ma'am. Even that is why when we started a podcast to connect to most of the people during this lockdown time. Exactly. And it's so rewarding. I'm sure you're going to find it rewarding. Every person you talk to gives you a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of encouragement on your path. So well done. Definitely. Ma Thank you. So ma'am, that was uh, like really great to hear from you. Um, so the first question, like we have set of questions, which we think the audience would love to hear from you, ma'am. So the first question here is, um, how do you think that the changes in biodiversity, okay, the biodiversity changes, how does it have an adverse effect on the human civilization? It would be great if you could tell, uh, like, give us a brief in insight about it. Yes, I'll give you my opinion, really. I'd like to say, firstly, for people who aren't familiar with the topic, what is the biodiversity crisis? So it's really the combined effects of habitat destruction, for example, clearing the rainforest for, to raise cattle and mining and building houses. It's the overutilization of living organisms, for example, unsustainable industrial fishing, it's chemical pollution causing many issues, including the collapse of insect populations. It's invasive alien species and climate change. All these things have put an estimated 1 million species at risk from extinction. And really, you want to know why should we care? That's the question. Why should people who are not nature lovers care? Well, scientists predict that on the current trajectory of habitat loss and global warming, between a third and a half of all species will face extinction by the end of the century. And this disappearance will upend ecosystems and destabilize or even destruct human civilization. So the destruction of biodiverse ecosystems, such as damage to peat bogs in Ireland, results in the significant production of carbon dioxide and reduces ongoing sequestration leading to a feedback effect and further climate change. Um, if you think about climate change and biodiversity, 
they're linked intimately. Uh, they're intrinsically linked. In the, one of my last podcast episodes, Jerome McAvoy spoke of how in prehistoric times, the planet did increase in temperature, but because the ecosystems were robust, just like a healthy person who's better able to fight off a threat such as a virus, the healthy ecosystems and rich biodiversity were able to fight off the threats of the raising in temperature. So it's, re it's really a circular problem. Climate change is affecting the habitats of several species, which must either adapt or migrate to areas with more favorable conditions. Even small changes in average temperatures can have a significant effect upon ecosystems. So healthy ecosystems are better able to survive climate change. Another point I'd like to stress before we leave this particular question is that we tend to treat species as service providers. For instance, our insects as pollinators, which of course they are and who we must save as their loss is threatening more than 75% of global food crops. But apart from being a potentially lethal situation, this loss is a planetary injustice and it is entirely unethical. So thank you for that great question. Definitely ma'am, we understood how to give a more importance rather than just understanding them as tools for a new civilization. So that was really wonderful. Uh, we would like to also ask, we are almost at the verge of sixth mass extinction after five mass extinctions which have happened in the prehistoric ages. What do you think about it? Well, I have a little quote here, which was from the University of Copenhagen in 2012, where they say they have a warning they published this warning. The biodiversity crisis is probably a greater threat than global climate change to the stability and prosperous future of humankind on Earth. And there is a need for scientists, politicians, and government authorities to closely collaborate if we are to solve this crisis. So I'm very thankful for you speaking about this topic today and getting the conversation started. Definitely, yeah, Yes, ma'am. Uh, so recently, like, we did listen to your recent podcast and we found it really informative, ma'am. So one such topic about the 13 species which are going to be extinct in Ireland caught our eye. Like, we would be, uh, like, we'd be, we would love to hear from you uh, more about it. Yes, I was talking to a lovely lady who's written a book on some of the disappearing species. Um, we've, al we've already lost... Um, animals in Ireland. Uh, some of the ones that have got, gone extinct already, the grey whale, the Irish elk, the brown bear, the grey wolf, the Eurasian lynx, the wild cat, you know, these have all gone. And at the moment in Ireland, we have 2,450 species at risk and we have 270 on the verge of extinction. People don't know this fact. Um, so the 13, um, uh, the freshwater pearl mussel, the horsetail sloth weevil, the greater yellow bumblebee, the thrift clearing moth, the wall brown butterfly, 
the Atlantic salmon, the European eel, the spiny dogfish, the white skate, the twite, the Eurasian curlew, the barn owl and the golden eagle, all on the verge of extinction. We think the Atlantic salmon is such a common fish and even the European eel that you can still fish that and eat that. There's no license to fish that and it's on the verge of extinction. Definitely, ma'am. There are a lot of species, not only Ireland, if you go global, then we're going to find a very big list for that. So we need to start yes. caring and taking responsibility of how to save these species. And we have lost many and we have just a little bit of time to take actions to save a little bit which we have right now. Exactly. People are the biggest risk to the planet. I mean, if you think in a tiny country like Ireland, there's that many species at risk. Um, so by doing nothing, we're just adding to the problem. We have to wake up and take responsibility. Definitely. So ma'am, um, we also would like to ask you about the healing effect on humans while we interact with animals and plants. So what is your opinion about that? Well, this is a very special topic to me. Um, I'm studying equine therapy at the moment. I think every animal and every plant has lessons for us. Um, but I'd like to speak about the horse a little bit today. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> I think the horse is a very special animal. Um, but one fact about the horse is the horse's heart is five times bigger than the human heart. And the, elect the electromagnetic field from the horse's heart reaches for four meters. Okay. So when a, a young horse, a foal, becomes frightened or scared, it runs up and stands next to its mother and the mother's heartbeat will slowly reduce and influence the heartbeat of the foal to bring it back into equilibrium. And people with anxiety, um, and under stress or perhaps have had post-traumatic stress from traumatic experiences, find that horses are very healing and spending time with horses can lower their anxiety. And then they actually heal in a different way. Once people feel comfortable with horses, horses have mirror neurons. And this is because they normally live in a herd so if there's a threat, the whole herd instantly gallops away. Um, you know, it doesn't send, it doesn't have to say, hey, you, Bob, over there, we need to gallop, you know. <laughs> they, they instantly see the threat. And so these mirror neurons can mirror the actual feelings and emotions in the human. So by being with a horse, you can see what your problems are. And once you can see them, then you can deal with them. That was really insightful to know how wonderful horses affect. That was great, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, a very profound yeah. animal. That was really informative, ma'am. So, like, um, the final question for today, as we know you work for a nature sanctuary, uh, we would like to know how does it feel while interacting with a huge number of plants and animals so how was your experience around uh, plants and animals, ma'am? 
I think it's a very spiritual experience. Um, you have to take the time with plants and animals. You know, we tend to be rushing. Um, but recently I had to do a bit of a film, a bit of a movie somebody was taking about some particular flowers. So I ended up sitting down next to five flowers for the best part of a day. And by actually sitting and staying with that particular organism, you can really get to know um, the plant, the details, whatever stories it has to tell, um, and really feel the essence of the plant or the animal. So I think the message is just take your time in nature, whether it's the forests, which we all know are healing, um, but anything, you can look out the window to see the sky. You know, some of us are in big cities and we don't have um, the privilege of being able to walk out into flowers or grass or trees, but we still have the sky, the clouds, we have the sun, we have the moon. Um, just take your time with the ele elements of nature. and I think it helps everybody. Exactly, ma'am. I think everyone should spend more time with nature. I guess that will heal them mentally as well as spiritually. Yes, I agree. I also used to be a, a, a very good close friend to plants when I was very young. So I had this one friend who used to play guitar, who used to come to my home. He lives nearby itself. And whenever he comes, we have a, pla a garden, a small garden in front of our home. And I see her, I once studied that, you know, music, uh, plants interact with music. And I could feel that, like, we had a lot of flowers where uh, the flowers were sore and all. Once we started playing music every day, uh, we started as a routine in front of plants and the uh, plants interacting with us was just wonderful. Uh, Really that great. is a really beautiful story and I can completely understand that. Um, that we don't understand how plants experience existence, you know, how, but they do see, but not in the way that we see with eyes, you know, they're experiencing in different ways, but they do absorb, um, you know, happiness. They did an experiment in Ikea. I'm not sure if you have Ikea in India. It's a big furniture shop. Um, okay. But they put one plant with in the hallway with a message saying, be nice to this plant. And another plant with a message saying, be rude to this plant. Bit unfair on the plant. <laughs> but anyway, it was an experiment. And the plant that had the message, you know, be nice to the plant, thrived much better you can google it and see that experiment so there yes. you go yes ma'am so ma'am that was really wonderful to uh, listen how animals and plants affect uh, us and how we affect animals and plants so i think many should start taking uh, start taking responsibility to save these species which we still have and also prevent the climate change and all the biodiversity changes which is happening. So thank you for joining us. It was really wonderful. Uh, this was our first episode and to have you as a guest was really wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. And the best of luck to Geeks in Suits. Thank you. Thank you so much.
So guys, that was all about the first episode of Geeks and Suits. Stay tuned for further updates. Thank you all. We'll meet you soon. Bye. listening to nature magic please subscribe to the podcast and give us a review if you like it it really helps to spread a positive voice for nature in news this week borough nature sanctuary has reopened after another temporary covid closure all walks including the very woodland animal paddocks and botany exhibits are free to access for 2021 so call up and support our new partners rose and mike in the cafe and shop Check out the show notes for contact details and links to where you can buy the Nature Magic book or for little ones, Dust, an Irish fairy tale.